the Wholeness Network. Awaken to the reality of wholeness. Alea Chickley has helped people to discover and connect with the wisdom of their hearts and reach higher levels of consciousness for over 20 years. Heart Center Therapy, she created, is globally recognized and acclaimed healing and transformational process. It has been acclaimed by MDs, PhDs, and psychologists worldwide. The first time that I met Alea was in a heart center therapy training class, and I didn't know what I was signing up for. I wasn't sure what heart center therapy was, um, but I really wanted to help people heal and find healing in their lives. And so as I came to this class, I just remember you telling us your life story one of the um, within a couple of hours. and. You stood there with this beautiful, big, open heart, and yet told us stories and stories of pain and trauma and hardship in your <laughs> life. And I just remember thinking, how can she do that? Mm. You know, so often it's such a natural response when we go through trauma or pain that we shut down our heart, we protect our heart, we put up all these heart walls. And so um, to just see you there so fully present and so uh, full of heart and love was really inspiring for me. And I remember thinking, if, if what she does can heal her traumas, mine's covered, right? <laughs> We're good. We're good. Um, and I had just never felt really in my whole life someone uh, with such an open heart. And, and that taught me just being in your presence for four days taught me as much as the class material and what I was trying to learn. So um, share, yeah, share a little bit about your story growing up. Okay, my story. <laughs> and it's a story. <laughs> I was um, about three years old when my mother and father had difficulties in their marriage. I was the second child and my mother was having an affair and she didn't want to be with my father. Mm -hmm. And when she told him, his heart was broken and he started to beat her. Mm -hmm. And it came to the place where he tried to kill her. Mm -hmm. And at that time, of course, it, it was too dangerous for her to stay. Mm -hmm. And she left. But she forgot to take us with her. <laughs> so, so my father took us to his mother's and eventually they worked out their divorce and um, they both remarried when I was five years old. And my father was always had his difficulties, his pain, and my mom was fortunate enough to find this incredible man that she just deeply fell in love with and just embraced her so she was able to move forward mm. but when I was 12 years old my father in his second marriage um, didn't want to be with her and fell in love with the woman next door and when she reneged on their commitment to each other he um, shot her and killed himself and I remember the night that I was told that he had passed it was like I could feel like I evaporated Oh, wow. You know, it was like something 
it was like it was really like a death that something had lifted and that was me mm. and two months later I was raped by two drug addicts they had drugged me and they were on drugs and that was kind of like the last day for sure of childhood mm. and from that point on it was um, it was a devastation for me. Mm -hmm. I had no recovery from that. I didn't know who to turn to. I didn't know how to express my pain. Mm -hmm. And the next 28 years were, many years, were extremely difficult because in that I remember feeling that if my father did that, mm -hmm. then who am I? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was so huge mm -hmm. because it became my identity. And I realized that in order to stay connected to him, I felt like I took his pain uh, and all the energies that he was unable to bear. Mm -hmm. So if you could imagine, as a young woman, I was just going into high school at that time. Mm -hmm. I was 13, and um, you could say that I know what it is to walk on this earth without my soul. Right. Wow. Completely disconnected and not feeling that I was good enough or I had a right to say no to anything or to anyone. Wow. So if you could imagine the turmoil that I carried. And when I was 28 years old, um, it came to a point where I had attracted so much negativity to me mm -hmm. that I could see that it was the end point for me. There was a window of opportunity for me to leave and I didn't know how to stop that leaving. Mm -hmm. So. I kind of surrendered to that and I went to the beach and I was just, the, the ocean is my, my connection and I stood in the water and I looked out into this, it was a gray and dark day mm -hmm. and I thought, well, this is it, I'm going to die and there's nothing I can do about it, I just have to accept this. Mm -hmm. And then there was like this voice that came up inside of me and it said, no, you will not die. And it was so strong and such, so affirmative mm -hmm. that I had to stop. And I had recalled something that a friend had said to me, and he said, why don't you pray? And I said, I can't pray because I don't believe in anything. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to pray to. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, why don't you use the word if? And his words came back to me. Yeah. And I couldn't use the word God or something right. like that, but I could say, if there is a divine universe, then I am talking to you. Mm. Please listen. Mm. I need help. I'll do anything. I'll do anything, please. Just don't make me be a preacher. <laughs> it's my first prayer. <laughs> <laughs> and in this prayer, again, I know that there was sincerity mm -hmm. and deep reaching out. So I went home that night, and of course, the divine was already interacting, and I got phone calls, and I was connected to this woman. Her name was Roberta, and she was a mystic, and she said, don't worry, honey, you're going to be okay. She says, but what I need you to do is go to the store, buy kosher salts, because you are going to be taking a bath. You need two candles, you need a Bible, and put, put it in the bath and around the bath. 
white washcloth. Then you're going to say this prayer. She said, write it down clearly. Wow. <laughs> and it was a prayer to Jesus. So the universe is stretching me. <laughs> I took this prayer and I put it on the side of the bathtub and I was crying and I was reading this prayer and I was washing myself and asking. It was, it was a divine cleansing. It was to Jesus asking for cleansing of my body, mind, and soul. Mm -hmm. And I washed myself and there was a moment when I realized I hadn't washed the top of my head. And I took the washcloth and I put it over the top of my head and suddenly there was this light that shot through me with such a force that it knocked me against the back of the bathtub. Mm -hmm. It had sound, it had feeling, it had power, and I was quite mystified. Yeah. <laughs> and I laid there and I remember the sound, you know, the feeling of the water rocking back and forth. Mm -hmm. And when it calmed, there was this stillness that I knew that my life would never be the same again. Mm -hmm. That I had reconnected to my soul. Mm -hmm. And that was like, like the greatest thing that could ever happen to a young girl walking around this planet without a soul. <laughs> so I got up out of the tub and I knew that my life would be okay, that I was safe. And I heard that my, my responsibility was now that I had my soul, I had to listen. Mm -hmm. So I promised I would listen. And I was also guided, no TV, no music with words, no, no newspaper. So those are the days of newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> so that that happened yeah. and this is when I started to meditate mm -hmm. and meditation was my commitment to my promise that I mm -hmm. would always listen this was how I learned through my heart to receive information and guidance throughout my life mm -hmm. and that I received my work in heart-centered therapy through the guidance and the experience. Mm -hmm. So I would get be given something and I would share it. Mm -hmm. And the work just continued to grow and it's been many, many years now, maybe 25 years since I started mm -hmm. my work. So <laughs> I was quite excited yeah. in my life that I had these tools and um, a, lot, a lot of things changed. And where the biggest change when I really started to begin heart sonar therapy, I was um, in Thailand, and I was um, at a time where I really was asking for answers and some help, and I was guided to go to a temple. And I went to this temple, and there was a little Zen master there, mm -hmm. and he looked at me, because I had run ahead of the other people that I was with, and I ran in, and he said, Oh, you, you, hello, hello, come, come in, have tea with me. <laughs> and bring your friends too. <laughs> so we had tea and he, he sat with me and he said, Alaya, I know you. I recognize your soul. Please stay with me. I take care of you. I give you food. You're safe here. Wow. So I stayed for six weeks. 
and I was already deep into my meditation. But in that temple, I was there meditating eight hours a day. Wow. I was really deep into it. And there was this cave that was so deep that I would go into until there was no light. And I would sit there and I imagined that this was my unconscious. All the pain and all the things that I had never faced. And I sat there and I sat there with Kleenex and crying and candles and prayer. And then one day I, I saw an image of myself with a machine gun. And I had had shot these people that were coming towards me and it terrified me. Mm -hmm. And what I was guided to do was to look into the eyes of myself as that young girl that was being violent. And it was so upsetting to me because I thought, oh my gosh, this is the violence of my father and I'm violent and I'm bad and I'm this and I'm that. So you can imagine. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I looked into her eyes and I really could see her pain, I could see her longing, I could see her heart, mm -hmm. and I embraced her. Mm -hmm. I totally embraced her. And we were together, and I really unified with her, and I thought, oh my gosh, there's a box there that my, my foot had been on. And I thought, well, I think maybe I better open the box. And <laughs> so I cautiously opened this box, and what was inside was a child, a baby, wow. that was pure innocence and pure love. Mm -hmm. And I took that child to my heart, mm -hmm. and that was the beginning of understanding how to work with healing trauma. Wow. So it was a very, very special beginning. Yeah. Well, that's so neat. That's so neat. Well, you didn't have to become a preacher, but you became a teacher for sure. <laughs> Much better. I like the tea. <laughs> um, but with the heart, and how did that, did you immediately connect with the heart, or was that, was that an awakening to the power of the heart? What was that like, knowing that that was going to be your big tool? You know, it's really strange, because through all those years of difficulty, I, I remember myself saying, they can take my power, they can take my dignity, but they'll never take my heart. Wow. And that I hung on to. That's like, oh, that was the best thing for me. It was really empowering. And I, I did, through it all, I did sustain that ability to stay connected. Wow. Because it was so powerful, even you couldn't push it away. But yes. it, was, it was so part of you. Yes. So it was a tool for you. Oh, that's, yes. that's beautiful. Yes. Mm -hmm. But... I had never used my heart the way I do right, now. Right. <laughs> right. I knew it differently then. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about how you use your heart now, for those that don't know. How do I use my heart? Um, I am absolutely passionate about going to bed at 9 or 9.30 so I can wake up and meditate. Yeah. Yeah. And I make myself a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and I sit. And I sit for at least two to three hours every day. Yeah. And I listen, as I as I promise to do. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes life is difficulty difficult, and I listen to the monkey mind, yeah. and I know I'm going to stay here and get through this because I know I'll get back to my heart. <laughs> That's helpful. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> sometimes I just feel like, oh, monkey brain. We'll try to know next time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just shorten this for a while. Yeah. They still keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, great. Nice. that's so yeah. great. 
And so heart center therapy, um, if I could just tell this story, I, um, I struggled as a child with my depression and could never really find what I felt like was the cure. I had all these negative thoughts and they would keep coming up and a thought would come up and I would try to change the thought and think positive, um, but it just didn't stick. You know, it could be a momentary change, but it wasn't a permanent change. And I just remember searching, thinking, I want to find, there has to be a way. There has to be a way that I can get to the core of this Mm -hmm. and find what it is that is making me think these negative thoughts. And that search went on for a long time until I found you. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, that is the power of heart-centered therapy. It can take you back to those traumatic moments, but really uh, find resolution and healing of those core traumas of our lives that have changed our belief about ourselves and our life and the world. And So how did that evolve into a process that you teach? How did you find that method of healing? Did it start with yourself? Well, I found that whenever we have an unresolved emotion in our bodies, and it creates us coming out of our sacred design, that it has something to do with something that happened when we were children. Mm-hmm. When you understand that perhaps the emotion, if you connect to it, says, I'm sad, I'm lonely, I want to hide, I, you know, I, I, it's, um, I'm afraid of people. And you understand that and you resolve that, you look at that, those are the words and the feelings of the, of the child mm-hmm. that we're still mm-hmm. holding in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So that once we resolve the emotion, we can actually go to the deeper unconscious. It's another level, it's not the whole thing, but to that place in time as children where that original trauma mm-hmm. happened. So perhaps something happened that we felt that we were um, abused or unloved. Mm-hmm. And what happens is like, it's not so important what happened. Right. The story is not important. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I, I really, in my heart, know. Mm-hmm. It's what we decided. Mm-hmm. What did that mean mm-hmm. to us? Did that mean that I have not a right to exist? Does that mean that I don't have value? Does that mean that mm-hmm. I can't express myself? Does mm-hmm. it mean I have Like your hide? interpretation of the story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what it means personally to me. Yes. If my father mm-hmm. did that, then who am I? Right. It's kind of like that. Right. So once we make a decision about what that means, Mm -hmm. there's no space for the fullness of who we are. So we have to give up something. If you give up your voice, then you give up a part of you that knows how to express. If you Mm -hmm. shut down your heart, then you give up the part of you that knows how to love and connect. So we give up our truth, our trust, our our souls. And because we know ourselves, we can track it. And usually we bury a part of ourself, our little girl, or mm-hmm. inside, mm-hmm. you know, the part that's holding the trust or love. And we can access that. And when we look into the eyes of that part of ourselves, mm-hmm. we can see that it is still pure. Mm-hmm. It is still brilliant mm-hmm. and conscious and loving and waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very much so. Waiting to be seen. Waiting to be seen. Yes, absolutely. And once we see it, and once we hold that that beam of love and connection, that part can integrate again. Mm -hmm. And once that part integrates again, the child has more strength. 
And then the child can actually connect to the parent, mm -hmm. whoever is holding or is engaged in that trauma as well. And then we can hold space for our mothers and fathers. Mm -hmm. Because we look at that, it's like we, then we start to understand, oh, if my mother isn't confident and she's afraid and she's always feeling isolated, mm -hmm. we learn that. Right. Right? And we take that. Mm -hmm. And then we're one. Mm -hmm. So it's perfect to give up something because mom already did it. Right. And now mm -hmm. I'm just like mom and now I fit. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? We fit into the little picture. Mm -hmm. So as we look at that and we are allowed to express, to speak to our parents, to listen to their hearts, we understand that they have a lot of pain that they never knew how to deal with, mm -hmm. that they have never been able to resolve mm -hmm. their own issues. Yeah. So what we do is that we help Actually, the child is the hero mm -hmm. <laughs> and holds a place and support for the parents to be able to heal. And our parents need to heal. Yeah. Why? Mm -hmm. Because we need them to love us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're the resource. Yeah. So once they're, they're okay, then that bond of love will come. Mm -hmm. And then everything's different, and, and our parents really do get to change. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when we go a bit further, when we look at within the family dynamic, this just didn't happen either, that we look to the lineage. If it's mother, we look to her lineage. If the trauma's with the father, we look to his. And we go back in time, and we're able to access sometimes hundreds of years, sometimes thousands of years, mm -hmm. an original trauma mm -hmm. that was so unbearable mm -hmm. that there was a decision that was made. Say, perhaps if it was a famine or a war or loss of children, so many things can happen, mm -hmm. right? And it's so painful. Mm -hmm. How am I going to bear this? Yeah. They make a decision, perhaps, I won't feel. Mm -hmm. I'll just seal myself, I'll, I'll numb myself, I'll protect myself, I'll never love again, I'll never mm -hmm. open again, I'll be responsible, mm -hmm. but that other part, no, unbearable. Mm -hmm. So this decision, because the body reads it as a biological success, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Says, I'll take that. Yeah. Yes, if this is what we have to do in order sur to survive, yeah. we right. will do it. Right. So this is passed down generations, yeah. and it doesn't make sense anymore. Mm -hmm. But when we can look at our mothers and to see that within her mother-father relationship, mm -hmm. that she suffered the same thing and made the same decisions, mm -hmm. and it goes back in time mm -hmm. to the first, first one so that we can actually support the ancestor to heal that trauma, mm -hmm. engaging everybody that was involved in the trauma. Yeah. And you see how it's so mirroring the family dynamic mm -hmm. that everybody takes a part in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. And it's even more fascinating because everything is inside of us. That's the library that we have. We have the library and the access to all the information we need. Mm -hmm. And when we trust that, when we go to those places, it's incredible. 
so that we can actually heal a whole lineage of people mm. and include everyone that was mm. also engaged or involved. Yeah. And what I've learned is that the ones that were perhaps responsible, let's call them the uh, persecutors, mm -hmm. right, okay. suffer more the ones that were persecuted. Because they are holding the energies of darkness or pain or anger or fear. And that is, is a, a burden of the soul, a deep, deep burden. Would you say because, they, because in order to do the perpetrating, they needed to be so wounded themselves? Yes. So that's compound. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that wounding is also, once you, right. sometimes when you portray that onto a victim, the victim will become the persecutor. Right. As we see a lot in yes. sexual uh -huh. violations. Yeah. yeah. The violated will become the violator. Right. Which is difficult. Yeah. Well, they, you see, if, if I don't want to be the victim, so my choice is perpetrator. Right. It becomes a black and white issue. Or you might say that I don't want to be that darkness. Right. I'll just be the victim. But then right. you get so identified in being the victim, yeah. then you keep creating. Right. It becomes one or the other. Yes. Yeah. Two of the things that you just talked about are two of my favorite things about heart-centered therapy that, first of all, you can heal generations at a time. And I've, I've seen generational healing, sometimes one person at a time, but I just love that connection when you go through a whole family lineage and find that repeated limiting belief or thought and yes. the freedom that comes when you can feel truly feel your ancestors being liberated from yes. that is so powerful so that is something I love but also the fact that um, this takes into account even the perpetrator yes. that we don't leave any stone no. unturned <laughs> in this work and, and truly the heart could only look at the situation that way with yes compassion for both sides the heart the heart can't see any other way yes. right and so it's really a beautiful process to um, see into the eyes of that offender or perpetrator and really find mm -hmm. a resolution and peace that lets you move on mm -hmm. because when you see past their anger or their hatred or their violence or their this you see they're just another human being mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. struggling too. With a broken heart. With a yeah. broken heart. Yeah. yeah. And it, it removes the threat. It removes the pain. It mm -hmm. removes just so much anguish that keeps you tied to those traumas and fear. Mm -hmm. You know, you then can resolve that so beautifully. So anyway, that's something yeah. that I love. <laughs> yes, it is. It's like for me and my father, at first, the judgment and the fear of everything he did kept me from healing. Right. But once I was able to embrace that and to feel his heart and to understand through the lineage of what happened, mm -hmm. it, my heart just opened so much. Wow. And I could support him to be able to love himself, right. to forgive himself with my love. Mm -hmm. That's all he needed was really to know that he was still loved. Mm the exact same thing whether you that you needed didn't you? yes yes yeah. that's all we you know that's really truly what we need yeah yeah mm -hmm. i love that 
that. So how many years after that moment in the tub did you begin to create heart center therapy? Well, the idea came, you know, as soon as I looked into the eyes of myself and I saw how powerful it was that I could look into the eyes and they told me so much. Wow. They were so honest and so pure. And and through the violence, I saw I saw purity and fear, but wrapped wrapped in fear, wrapped in in un- uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it penetrated to the truth, to the core. Mm-hmm. And then somehow it was everything was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I understood something. Yeah. Wow. Something super important. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'd just like to say that because of the work that I've done, I have I really with all my heart know that we are all pure and we are all good. There is no good guys and bad guys. Mm-hmm. There are entrapped guys and free guys. Mm-hmm. And what we can do is support those that are entrapped, believing that they aren't loved and they're not okay, and they don't have a right to exist. They have to suffer. They have to keep themselves mm-hmm. condemned or held back. Mm-hmm. That's a part of my my soul mission mm-hmm. is to help us understand that everybody needs that love. Mm-hmm. Everybody responds to that love if they can forgive themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes the difficult part, to support them to be able to open to it. Mm-hmm. It's not that they don't want it. Right. Mm-hmm. Am I worthy? Right. So it, sometimes it takes yeah. a lot of love. <laughs> <laughs> And we get through a lot of convincing. And you teach around the world, so is it it's been something that's worked in all kinds of cultures. It it, it goes across nationalities, the oh, gift yes. of love, the, yes. the belief in love, the understanding of love. Yes. I've noticed that there's um like different cultural um issues oh. in different mm-hmm. countries. So that I start to understand, you know, what they need and what their, their deeper mm-hmm. issues are. Mm-hmm. You know, like in Iceland, they're Vikings, if you can uh-huh. imagine, settled on an island that's really quite harsh environments, mm-hmm. so that they lost a lot of children, they starved, and they've, uh-huh. they've been through so much, so that they, they become very strong and, and convicted to not mm-hmm. feeling. Wow. You know, although they are very sensitive, mm-hmm. so to to help them to get beyond those barriers and to know that they're safe enough to be able to really come into this openness of of sharing love. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. and you've talked about Germany before. Oh my gosh, Germany! I I have a, a love affair with Germany, and and to work with them, I've, these are the grandchildren of of the Nazi era. Yeah, and how much guilt they had carried mm-hmm. and and the shame and you know I I remember understanding that one of the things that they held was that if it were me at that time would I do it again would I do the same thing so there was like a disconnect from their trust in their goodness Mm -hmm. in being able to make right decision wow Mm -hmm. so that was a very strong point and it's in every country. It's it's just a little bit different. Yeah, wow. I love it. And it's just it's so endearing, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
So one question for you, Leia. You talked so much about the relationship with mother and father, um, but there are people who have both parents living, and uh-huh. they don't have a good relationship uh-huh. with. They don't have that support, or they don't can't trust, or. So what would you recommend for people like that who are struggling in their day to day life to feel find connection? Well, a session. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I agree. Always a session. Good yes. idea. That really helps. It does. <laughs> because yeah. to go inside and to support our parents, yeah. to be able to feel that, it's like when we understand that even though we're getting an image of our parents and looking into their eyes and we're talking to an image, we are speaking to their consciousness. Mm-hmm. They are feeling us and they are hearing us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... They feel it on without barriers, mm-hmm. but they all feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a change in the shift. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because when we start seeing our parents differently, it affects them. Mm-hmm. If you could imagine, I've seen so often that a child when they were, had no resource to fight back, mm-hmm. the greatest power they had over their parent is to judge them and to not love them. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll funny. get even with them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Right? So yeah. as long as they hold that lock and they see their parent in that judgment, then the parent is trapped in that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is our thoughts are really, really powerful and they don't go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when we are able to shift that perception because we understand on a deeper level Mm-hmm. of the problems and what they had to take on. Yeah. And, and we can clear that and they can speak to us as we go through the process. Then it's very, very deep. And people do change. Families do change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the inner I, is really a strong, strong ground to work on. Mm-hmm. If we understand that we are powerful in our hearts and we can connect and speak to anybody and everyone, and they will listen mm-hmm. if we come with love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So great. So tell us what a little bit about the classes that there's the t- classes that you teach and, and what you do. Tell us. There's a le- there's four levels. Is that right? No, well, I have four classes. Four classes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> The first class is pretty much what we talked about now, and it's really important because we learn how to navigate from our hearts, and we know we get the confidence that we can heal anything. Mm-hmm. It's level one, we have our wings, yeah. and healing the transgenerational is super powerful. Yeah. So it gives us that confidence, and... Uh, it's really an affirmation of the heart. Mm-hmm. You can't leave there feeling yeah. anything but empowered. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> and level two, as we go in um, to uh, the lineage, mm-hmm. both lineages, well, actually, we connect with the mother, father, master cell, which mm-hmm. is. Um, we have, do you want me to explain that? Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
everything is with intention, yes. And I had, I had heard that in the Tibetan tradition that um, when there's conception within the first eight divisions, that one cell of the mother and one cell of the father never divide again. And that they hold very strongly the information. It's like the main library for the mother-father lineage. Mm. Wow. It's amazing, isn't mm -hmm. it? So, and it has, the ovum also never divides. So it's, they're very, have a very unique mission, yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. to speak. So once we heal, what we, what we focus on is what was it that enabled our parents from fully and totally loving each other mm -hmm. so that they could bring us into the world in full love. Mm -hmm. So it's a big piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's a fabulous and a strong piece yeah. oh. because that opens a space for our mothers and our fathers to connect to their body wisdom, call it their higher mm -hmm. body consciousness, to connect to their souls, to connect to us mm -hmm. as ovum and sperm, and to set a ground where we can experience sacred conception. Mm -hmm. And then we move through the whole nine months and we look at each month to make sure that every trauma mm -hmm. and misunderstanding that might have happened in that time is cleared because so many things can happen you mm -hmm. can't imagine and sometimes it's so innocent mm -hmm. and there was a woman who had never bonded with her mother mm -hmm. and she realized in class that her mother had taken a medication to be able to hold the baby and she felt like it was killing her. And she thought her mother was trying to kill her. Mm -hmm. Yet her mother was trying to hold her. Oh, wow. So all her life, she had disconnected and held a boundary. Mm -hmm. And when she discovered that, just that one piece, mm -hmm. if you could imagine, her whole world just melted. Mm -hmm. So she really recreated her relationship with her mother and there's you know a thousand stories that you could tell <laughs> but you know in each month there's so many things that can happen yeah. Yeah. it's amazing from a session how like almost immediately for me the the so many of the experiences just click forward that oh that's where it showed up and that's where it showed up and that's where it showed up and 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 you can almost see how you had to take a different direction yes. because it, it was just there wasn't another way and and almost how um, it it does heal that too I mean in a way it, it heals that and 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 makes it so that you you could have taken the other way and get to where you are it just it's like these little doors that just go ch -ch 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 and lines them all up and it's just amazing <laughs> it makes sense of it all yeah, it makes sense of yeah exactly exactly so mm -hmm. and so people that would really benefit from um, that process that your level two class te really teaches a rebirth or goes through a rebirth process. But yes. there's a lot of people that have birth trauma, mm -hmm. um, whether it came from the environment, from mother, from father, like you said, from the conception, yes. whether they were wanted, yes. how the environment of their surroundings, whether it was time of war. What, I mean, there's so many, so many pieces that affect. Yes their safety so that is a great process for anybody who feels like they've struggled from 
a difficult birth yes. situation. And had a very traumatic birth because we make a lot of decisions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the time of birth, first touch. Yeah. You know, what was that first touch like? Yeah. What was Who was the first person that looked into your eyes and what did you see? Because that's a mirror reflecting like, Oh, that's who I am, you know? <laughs> and if it's full of love, they go, oh, yes. And if it's discerning and angry, oh. it's confusing. That's, that's me. Oh. Right? It's, oh, wow. it's, it's very fascinating, the, the tenderness of mm -hmm. every single step of it mm -hmm. and how the child is integrating all this information. Mm -hmm. So we, don't, we miss all those innuendos. Mm -hmm. We truly miss it. So... It's, it's so beautiful when, when we go through the birth that we can feel that our mother's bodies are in sync with mother and us and that there's a unified field again that completely and totally supports and is aware of all the movement, all the flow, all the contractions on every level is like perfect symphony if we allow it in love. Otherwise, it's just chaos and fear <laughs> and contraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there are women having ecstatic births. Mm -hmm. And we can do that if we believe we can do Right. Mm -hmm. It's true, because the belief, the conscious belief right now is that hurts. Yes. And you, you know that from the time you're tiny. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do, because we felt it. We were yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> But even if consciously have it, if you haven't felt it, you that belief is running. You know that belief is running. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's scary. That's hard. That hurts. That's yes. And so we reenact that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and recreate it. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's, oh, it's so beautiful. And to witness uh, those rebirths has been fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> changing yes. oh, <laughs> and so we can recreate it so so many people that perhaps have cesarean yeah you know that is so traumatic because mm -hmm. you don't you don't have decision mm -hmm. you don't have the connection and, and the authority right. is taken from you oh, wow. so you can recreate that and you can move through the birth canal and know that you're in charge mm -hmm. this is your birth mm -hmm. that you can have it the way you want it Wow one thing I appreciate so much about you because I've, I've had the privilege of being at her home and waking up in the morning and seeing her there meditating on her couch and the hours and hours and hours of your life that you have devoted to bringing more awareness and more consciousness to all of us I, I just can't thank you enough my life is different because of you and, and I thank you for that and the heart-centered therapy training has been so powerful for me, so I'm excited to help spread the world. And like Michelle said, you travel the world teaching this. You're out of the country as much as you're in the country, right? <laughs> yes. Teaching, and um, I'm so thankful for that, yeah. that people everywhere are getting this information. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And do you do sessions over the phone? for people. So could people all around the world call in and have a session with you or do you do it in person? Are you home enough to do sessions? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I do sessions, 
But what I have been focusing on recently is working with the people that I'm in community with and my family. Mm. That my family is, is coming to me and asking me and I'm just like so committed wow. to support us because they are me. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. and and yes, every once in a while I you know I I do sessions but it's yeah. not my my calling, I love to yeah. be able to do work with specific people that can carry the work too. And I do have people that, like you, are a <laughs> fabulous therapist that you too could, you know, I could refer to you <laughs> with and great you, confidence. You've got students throughout the world yes. that, that we could refer people to. Yes, and if you speak German or Spanish, yeah. <laughs> Polish. <Yeah. laughs> Right. Icelandic. <laughs> Great. And so people wanting to connect with you, they can come to your trainings yes. that you teach throughout yes. the world. You also have your beautiful heart meditations yes. that they can purchase on your website. So give them the information for the website. That would be Chickley Institute. You can www.chickley institute and uh, just go online and dot com dot com yeah dot com great and great. find us there oh. and you can see all the classes. Um, my husband and I are together as a team putting out classes. He's an osteopath teaching the brain, lymphatics, all kinds of incredible techniques for advanced practitioners. And we also have the lymph curriculum, which is uh, fabulous, a fabulous beginning in, in really advanced body work, oh, wow. connecting to fluid and... Her and her husband are the dynamic duo. I, <laughs> yes. They're so amazing. Between you, you cover all four bodies and beyond, yeah. I think. Right. I oh, love no. him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah he's, he's quite a quite a guy, and to, to meet him is really a great thing, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Admitted. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for choosing, making that opportunity to choose healing because it really is healing generations and and people all over the world, and that's just a huge amount of people that you yourself are affect are affecting because you chose to go to your heart. And thank you. We appreciate <laughs> that. No. Uh, thanks. I feel that. Thank you. Mm. We love you. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>